Max Lucado sold millions and millions of books, and you can't listen to Max for longer than a minute without being encouraged. Thanks for plugging in with our podcast. My name's Scott Harold, and I do the morning show on SWS Radio. You can stream our music anytime over at swissradio.net or if you want to support the podcast. But Max and I, we're talking about how there's layers of frustration in our world right now. They're all dealing with the emotions and the disappointment that have come out of these last three years. Max, in this crazy world. I think we've just buried a lot of stuff that we haven't dealt with in three years and it's starting to manifest itself and just come out in unhealthy ways. It has been a rough three years. You know, the pandemic, political controversy, and now the global conflict, you know, with what's going on in Ukraine. I feel like we're just right on the edge. You know, people are edgy and and statistics are showing this. I said, you probably saw this. I just only saw it yesterday that we are lowest scoring the lowest on the happiness index that we've ever scored since 1972. We being our culture in the United States. In other words, we're struggling more with unhappiness than we have since 1972. So that's a pretty tough indictment, 50 years There's definitely an edginess, and it's different than just a worry, and it's different than just an anger, but I don't know. It's almost like we've been dealing with layers of things underneath the surface that we've almost like buried alive and forgot they're there. What do you suggest in Mm, even starting to deal with those layers when you know this is complicated, but I'm feeling it? My thinking on that is my finger on the pulse of people says that we really are dealing with a serious disappointment. We put our hope so much in our ability to solve our own problems. And then here comes this microscopic virus that literally brings the world to a screeching halt. And then we release our best brains to come up with a a vaccine, and that takes months and billions of dollars. And then we have trouble distributing it. And then once we distribute it, we argue over whether or not we should take it. You know, we're not, I I think we're just disappointed in ourselves, you know, and uh, I don't have a reason. I don't have any statistical. It's just a gut feeling that I have that we have not rallied uh, like we thought we could or should. But in a way, that's good for us. It's good for us to be reminded that we're fragile, that we're made of dust, and that we need God. And when we can't put our trust in humanity, that's when we turn our attention to divinity. And we maybe are willing to give God the devotion and the allegiance that he deserves. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel like I learn the hard lessons not when I'm winning. I learn the hard lessons when I'm struggling and when I'm pushing through and I've got to get strategic and I've got to ask all these why, why, why questions and analyze. I'm trying this. It didn't work. I tried this. It didn't work. I pushed through here. And then, yeah, you got frustrations Mm -hmm. and you deal with those things. But it's funny because I feel like a lot of the things that are manifesting in anger right now or probably layers of frustration and fear and struggle. Like you said, unmet expectations that were just buried and now they're manifesting and they're just coming out like anger and yelling. And And mental health issues. I mean, we've worn these statistics out, but they're terrible. You know, the suicide rate is the highest it's been since World War II. It's so high that I read the other day that the suicide hotline, there's serious consideration to reducing it from a nine-digit to a three-digit number. 
so that people can access it more uh, easily. Like we have 911 for physical emergencies that soon we'll probably have a three-digit number for emotional emergencies. So it's just a sad, sad time that we live in. But that's the reason we're here. You know, I think that we're on the earth. If we have a pulse, it's because God sees that we can bring hope to our neighbors. If it's nothing more than just words of kindness, words of encouragement, if we have a pulse, then God sees a purpose for our lives. And so that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. It's like we're dead in the water when we're hopeless, and we're talking with Max Lucado today at SWS Radio. You released a book oh, about 15 years ago called 316, The Numbers of Hope. And since then, a lot's happened in our culture, and you wanted to update the book. You wanted to add to the book, even though there's timeless truth in what John said. And, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And, you know, when we dig into that verse, we say it like we know it, but we really spend time saying, what is it actually saying, Max? There's so many questions that are answered in those two, three sentences. Well, it's it's literally a table of contents. You know, it can serve as a table of contents for the Christian hope. It begins with God, ends with life, and God guiding us all the way through our lives. And we all have our own personal stories, or many of us do, as to why that verse is so precious to us. As for me, you and I have talked before, I'm just an old drunk. Really, I'm nothing more. I was a six-pack-a-night Coors guy when God found me in college. And I've often thought that I would not let my daughters go out with a 20-year-old version of Max. I was a scoundrel. I was a bum. I was a just, you know, not the kind of guy you would want your daughters going out with. And my problem was not that I believe in God. My struggle was, did I believe God could forgive a jerk like me? And for that reason, the promise of John 3.16 has always been so precious. I love the word whoever. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him. You know, if that verse had said, so that every good person who believes in God, well, I would have eliminated myself because I wasn't a good person. Or if that scripture said every moral person who turns to God or every thinking person or every capable, I was none of those. I had disqualified myself. But that scripture says, whoever believes in Jesus Christ. Well, I, I'm a whoever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wasn't a good one. And to this day, I'm still not always a good one. But I'm always a whoever. And that's, that's how why this is a wide invitation. Yes, the road to heaven is narrow, but the invitation is wide. It's off is open to to all people, to all people. I don't care what you've done, my friend. You have not eliminated yourself from this invitation. I think that's why I've treasured this verse so much. And I remember when I, I came up with this idea of writing a chapter on every word of John 3.16, a couple of my friends said, how are you going to do that? I mean, <laughs> but you look at each word and, and, and they're precious. God loved world, whoever believes in him, one and only son, heaven perish. So every word is like a chapter in a systematic theological (laughs) textbook, right? And so it's not that it may be a challenge, 
but it's a welcome challenge because this scripture is so valuable. I don't know if you've ever thought about John 3.16 in the Bible, almost like a table of contents to what God could do in your life if you put your faith in him. We're talking with Max Lucado today at SWS Radio, and if we're going to unpack John 3.16, you actually wrote a book where you go through all the main words in that verse and address it, because they actually address a lot of different central issues to our life, like, is there any chance of a second chance for me, or why is this world so hard, Have I ever exhausted God's love? Why am I exhausted? What happens when I die? Is there a place for people who are crazy like me? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that we get so worn out, so exhausted in life because we don't understand the reason we're here. The reason we're here is to say yes or no to the invitation of God. That's it. And his invitation is pretty clear. He is looking for a people with whom he will live and reign for eternity, in whom he will use to populate a restored version of the earth. And we either say yes to that invitation, or we say no to it. We say yes, and we are given the gift of eternal life. You know, heaven is you at your very best. Heaven is this earth at its very best. Uh, You at your best with no mental issues, no weariness, no discouragement, no depression, no anger, no bitterness, you at your very, very best and everybody else at their very best. Can you imagine, you know, no selfishness, no philandering, no arrogance. And then the world at its best, the universe at its best. So God will have his garden of Eden and he will populate it with people who want to be there. But you know what? There are billions of people who just don't want to be there. They spend their whole life saying no to God. So in what is, I think, the ultimate act of justice, uh, God honors their choice. You know, C.S. Lewis famously said that the doors of hell are locked from the inside. If anybody perishes or, or spends eternity cut off from God, it's because they don't want God. They just don't. And they spend their whole life telling God to leave them alone. And so finally, in an act of justice, God leaves him alone. And so basically, the human world, the human life comes down to that choice. You know, do I want to spend forever with him or not? For God so loved the world, he gave us the choice. He gave us his son who died on the cross for us and then rose from the dead to prove he has authority over death and then to allow us to have the choice as to what we do for eternity. It's really That simple. Profound for sure, but that simple. We've come a long way from this. And if you listen to SOS on a digital device, then you've probably seen the notification that there's a software update ready to install. These digital innovations help us reach more and more people with the life-changing message of hope found in Jesus. But we also find that they are another thing that costs money to update and support. Would you help us financially keep all the systems running that bring SOS to you? Whether it's hardware like a transmitter or software like an app, these things always need to be maintained to keep the message of hope going out to new people. It's easy to support us. Just click on Give Now at the top of SOSradio.net. You can always call 800-804-5452 to give. That's 800-804-5452. And finally, one of the easiest ways to give is found right there inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks. SOS Radio. 
for God so loved that he gave. Now, I'm Scott on SOS Radio. And we're talking with <laughs> Max Lucado. And you dig into the idea of God loving us. And you wrote a book called 316 where you actually go through and unpack like all the main words in that famous line from the Bible. But when, when you dig into the idea of God loving us, what did you notice? Well, it could have said, I mean, we would expect the scripture to say, for God so loved the good people, or for God so loved his obedient children, <laughs> or for God so loved those who try. But it doesn't say that. It just simply says, for God so loved the world, the world. He, he loves every person in the world, regardless of where they find themselves right now as they hear these words. So our tendency is to put up a deflection shield and say, God loved everybody but me and disqualify ourselves. God is the one who makes the call here. And there is a passion. God so agapeo the world. That's that Greek word that those of us have been around a while. We know there are several words in Greek for love. And this one is that one that means you put the best interests of others above yourself. So God puts his, even his, our, his interests above ourselves. He gave his son. He gave his one and only son. And that one and only phrase means really the genetic display of God on earth. Jesus is the only picture of God ever taken. And he's the only time the presence of God has walked on this earth. And so God gave him and he gave him as a sacrifice for us, because when we believe in him, what he did for us is credited to us as the goodness of Christ. We trade places. And as a result, we will spend forever with him. You know, that's the gospel. That's just the gospel. You know, I, I came down with COVID a few weeks ago and I did that transfusion thing. They did it right there in the urgent care. They said, we're going to transfuse. We're going to put healthy stuff in you to overcome the bad stuff. And I thought, well, maybe that's the gospel right there. Because when, <laughs> when we say yes to God, he puts the perfect presence of Christ within us to overcome that which is causing havoc within our system. That's the gospel. So we were talking about how Jesus stepped in and Jesus took our place when he died on the cross. And we're talking with Max Lucado today at Esquist Radio. And for those who are listening who always just think like, wait, why did Jesus have to step in and take my place? Why can't he just forgive my sin? Because that's what a lot of other religions say. Oh, you have like a point yeah. system. And if you come yeah. out on top, you beat the spread, you're good. <laughs> and, you know, you can go yeah. to heaven. You can be with God. Well, that's not what Christianity teaches because it talks about the wages of sin are death for everyone. And that's anything you consider a little sin to a big sin. It separates us from God. Right, Max? Well, there's two religions in the world. Really, there's two. One religion says you save yourself by being good. The other religion, Christianity, says God saves you by sending his son who was good. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot. I mean, who in their right mind could even just look at the Ten Commandments and say, oh, I've kept all of those, you know, <laughs> or who could look at the Sermon on the Mount and say, you know, I I've always been willing to turn the other cheek or, or I've never looked at a woman with lust in my heart. We can't. We don't even get to the plate, much less get on base. And so Christianity says we're saved by God's grace. 
And the reason that Jesus had to come is because we cannot save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. If we could, we would, but we cannot. The wages of sin is death, and we have fallen. We are utterly incapable of doing it ourselves. But you know what? That's what's going to make heaven so wonderful. Because in heaven, you won't be boasting. I won't be boasting. We are saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. In heaven, you're not going to say, man, look what I did. I won't say, man, look what I did. We'll all point to Jesus. We'll say, look what he did. That's what's going to make heaven so wonderful is because we will all be in agreement that none of us deserve to be there, but we're there by the great grace of Christ. When you read through John 3.16, you're reminded of what Jesus did. It's like, hey, look what he did. Not look what I did or what I can be if I just work harder, but or for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so I don't have to perish because of that. He stepped in. He took my place. And we're talking with Max Lucado today at SWIS Radio. And you wrote a book digging into the idea of 316, okay? And in the book, you actually include chapters on both heaven and hell. And unfortunately, some people have come across, you know, in life with a spot where they're going to be permanently separated from God by saying, I don't want to be in his presence. But John 316 is saying, God you may not want God, but he wants you. He's pursuing you and he loves you and he cares. And so much so he sent his son to step in and take your place. You know, the dualistic outcome of history is really the big message of the Bible. You get to choose where you spend forever. You get to choose. It's that, that's how much God loves you. You get to say yes to him. And uh, nobody wants you in heaven more than God does. I mean, the fact of the matter is the entryway to get to hell, you got to get past the cross of Christ. You got to get past the cross of Christ because he positioned himself on the cross at the entryway of hell to keep you out. And just you have no idea. And I have no idea how many times God has invited me to come to heaven. I mean, you think about every raindrop, every rainbow, uh, every song, every time somebody has forgiven me, every time I've heard a scripture, all of these are variety of multitude of invitations from God to come and spend forever with him. And so for a person to turn their back on God, they have turned their back on all of these invitations that God has given to them. I do not believe anyone who is in hell will say that wasn't fair. I really don't. I mean, they'll live with regret and pain and torment, but they will not say it's not fair because they will know that they turned their back on a forgiving God. And so I I know it's a terrible topic. I know it's a topic no one wants to talk about now. When I was growing up, I'd seen preachers were more willing to talk about it, but they did so a bit glibly. But these days, nobody's, nobody's talking about it. I think Jesus spoke about hell or judgment, 13% of his teachings. He wasn't silent about it. He was straightforward. And I think we have to be, and we have to be honest about the, again, the dualistic outcome of history. Yeah. And when we love our friends that aren't living right or are just apathetic to spiritual things because they're in a space where they feel like they can do it all together. If we love them, we've got to share that with them. We've got to share the hope and the truth. And that's what Jesus brought was the hope. <laughs> yeah. I think here's what I think is going on. Tell me what you think. 
I think the devil has this strategy to, to minimize hell. Well, it's been a few years. Somebody pointed this out to me. They said, have you ever noticed how we say phrases like that was a hell of a game? We never use other atrocities. We never say that was a prison of a game or that was a disease of a game. You know, it's like the devil wants us to minimize hell, just kind of get it into our vernacular. It's just no big deal, yeah. you know, and so we diminish the evil, the force, the story, that impact that it has in life. I think there's some va- validation to that. What do you think? No, I, I absolutely. I mean, it's like he gets us so focused on our own problems that we don't even see him anymore, you yeah. know? Just like this is spun web of drama that we don't even see the person that's spinning the web anymore because it's so thick. That's right. The great news is that if you're a Christian, this earth is the closest you'll ever come to hell. If you say yes, if you believe in Jesus Christ, then this earth is the closest. This is as tough as it's going to get. And I know it gets tough, but this is as tough as it's going to get. And so you can take hope in knowing that there is a forever awaiting you in the presence of God. You will see God. Is that not an amazing statement? You know, many of us can't even get the plumber to call us back, but <laughs> but we can say, and you know what, someday I will stand in the presence of the living God. Now, I'm one of those guys that believes in a literal Jerusalem, that Jesus will live in Jerusalem. I know that some people say that's symbolic. And woof, woof, all of us, when we get to heaven, will say, well, nobody really got it right. <laughs> but, but I am so excited about going to the literal Jerusalem, seeing the new city, the new Jerusalem, and walking in those gates and seeing the saints who have gone before, seeing people from every tongue, tribe, and nation, hearing Jesus praised, seeing the angels, and then having the privilege of coming into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and just telling him thank you for all that he's done. And know that his kingdom is ever expanding. His government will be ever growing. And so we'll all have a a job. We'll all have roles in that. So maybe we'll be put in charge of planets and another solar system. You know, we don't know. I think the mind, I think no mind has seen, no, no heart has ever really conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Well, it's always fun to talk with you, Max. Appreciate you. (laughs) Boy, you make it go fast. You're so good at this. I feel like we're just sitting down having a cup of coffee. Max wrote a book called 316 Numbers of Hope back in 2007 and has re-released and updated that for this year. Thank you so much, Max. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.